0: Morning team, Christo gets very excited about the uh, the weather watch out there. Nothing, nothing at all. I mean, I'm, I seriously am waiting for the heaven. It looks as though something might happen, but at the moment, I woke up this morning, I'm a bit excited, put on my, my galoshes, and Missal Western, my little hat and everything else, went outside, nothing, nothing at all. I was waiting for the lightning cracks and the, the hailstones to come thundering down. Mind you, if it comes down late, it'll be another Michael Fish occasion, won't it? Is there any chance of a storm? I don't think so. Next thing, the entire country's bat- batten or battled, or sorry, baffled or battened, whatever it would do. Anyway, and uh, so so far nothing, so far nothing, but I'm waiting for it to land in Leicester Square, just to make things interesting. Nice to have company, trust you well. Christo, back with you tomorrow morning on 97.3. And, uh, oh, it was too hot yesterday. I, didn't do, I don't do heat. There's no good people phoning me up going, oh, you're loving this weather, knowing damn well that I don't like that weather. I absolutely hate the heat. I can't function. I did go out in the car. I did go to Kingston. I did get the car washed. Think, And then I, I had to get it washed, because then I thought, well, if it rains overnight, that's it. doesn't make any difference now, does it? So I got the car washed and then did a little bit of shopping. But uh, to be honest with you, just walking around, I found a little bit stressful. And then, and I can't remember if I mentioned to you um, the thing that I noticed on the X Factor in America. And I'm sh- I, I wrote it down on a piece of paper, because I was so horrified... That I'm going to have to save it a little bit later on because I'm, I remember thinking at the time, "Oh, that's a nice prize," and I thought, "Well, not really, not really a nice prize." Uh, plus, we got all your uh, texts and emails. Everybody talking about the the two dogs who roasted in the uh, the car. Apparently, not the first time that this particular handler has uh, has had dogs who've died. Um, and then the stories in the paper today of a of a suicide bid, and uh, I mean, the whole thing is just. It's just a horrible, horrible mess. Why is it that people leave dogs in cars? I mean, especially these dogs. He he apparently, this particular police officer, who's head of the Metropolitan Police Force's dog training establishment, locked the animals in the vehicles before setting off for a meeting several miles away. I mean, you can only assume he must have taken leave of his senses. Why would you on one of the hottest days of the year? And it's not like... You know, you wouldn't have known it was going to be hot because everybody had said it was been on the news bulletins every time you turned on LBC, there was somebody else saying it's going to be hot today, it's going to be hot, and so you lock dogs in a vehicle on a but I can't think what was happening to him, but uh, anyway, um, the the car was baking and the doors and windows were closed. I mean, I'm just going to plead insanity over this. Well, it's not the first time this has happened. It's happened before, I'm afraid. I mean, he served thirty years with the Met. Um, he was sectioned yesterday and taken to a secure unit for his own safety. But this it's absolutely dreadful. I think this this has happened before. I'm quite certain that uh, something like this... I mean, there was the case last year, wasn't there, of a police handler who left two dogs? What is the matter with these people? You don't leave... I I wouldn't leave a person in a car, let alone an animal. But somebody said they were giving advice. Christo was giving advice earlier on, you know, by that lady, if you've got dogs... You know, and you take them out and they look hot. Then you go back in, you make sure they've got plenty of water. The moment they start panting is the time they're too hot. It's as simple as that. Happier notes. Wimbledon and uh, Catherine and uh, Wills were there. People liked him. I liked Andy Murray. I liked him doing his proper bow. I thought that was very impressive. And uh, I quite liked the half-hearted attempt at the royal wave. It's very sweet, but uh, we don't really expect a member of the royal family to do it. Um, Kate did it. But uh, Wills didn't quite have it right. Didn't quite get the royal wave of work. But then uh, we had Cliff Richard turning up again. Luckily he didn't sing. Luckily didn't, because it didn't rain. Wearing a most peculiar... I don't know where he gets his clothes from. It's almost like the comedy store. You see Cliff Richard. In fact, you see the clothes before you see Cliff Richard. And you think, is that appropriate attire for a man over the age of 70? And you think, I don't know. Perhaps he, he's always had odd tastes, hasn't he? Very, very odd taste. Uh, one of the columnists today talking about the Glastonbury Festival... And uh, the person I can't stand, Lauren Laverne. I absolutely cannot bear Lauren Laverne. I'm sure she's quite lovely. But frankly, she just comes over as supercilious and sneery. And I don't like that kind of presentation. It really drives me mad. Mind you, not half as bad as the delusional idiots over on The Apprentice. Uh, this one, uh, on this week's uh, episode, they were sent to France. Uh, the contestants didn't seem to be terribly well-travelled. One wondered whether the French were fond of their children and wasn't sure whether they have cars in the country. I and mean, you can't believe these are adults. You really... They are the stupidest people ever. My favourite this week was Melody, a woman who had a list of weird awards on her CV. Uh, Melody claimed to have once spoken six languages. Quite clearly what happened to the other five is God's only guess, because this woman is so stupid, she beggars belief. You can't believe she's made it to adulthood. And uh, she says she announced that she used French when she was dealing with people on a UN level. Are they getting them from homes or something? Is this the other? Is, is there a home for the terminally stupid that they go to? and they go, uh, We're doing another Apprentice series. Uh, you can have that one. That one. At, she's really thick. This one. Have that one. He's dim as a plank. I go for him. He's very delusional. This one will come up with a load of psycho babble. Stuart Bagg's the brand. A buffoon of the first order, ladies and gentlemen. And Melody, a complete and utter. Words fail me. Words fail me, I'm afraid, when you get these stupid people on the... T- so anyway, over on the X Factor in America, I got a bit excited. Because they all they are is, is people competing on a television pro, Not unsimilar to our television programme, except they have marginally more talented people. Our lot just think, we bring on some poor old bag and she stands there and goes, I'm, I'm going to sing. And they go, all right, love, what are you going to sing? I'm going to sing, um, I'm going to sing Westlife. And so they OK, start. And, of course, I'm waiting for another, you know, exciting moment. And it turns out they're as stupid as you thought they were in the first place. And then they uh, uh, uh And off they go. And, uh, well, I thought I was very good. Over in America, on their, their America's Got Talent programme, the prize, wait for this, is a million dollars. And I thought, you know, a million dollars, that is really good. Over here, what is it, 100,000 quid. It's a million dollars. But they, they've managed to get round it. Because at the end of the programme, they put up the prize money of a million dollars is paid over 40 years. 40 years! What a rip-off! 40 years to pay the prize. $25,000 a year, they'll make that in the interest. And of course, if it's somebody old, they'll pray that they sort of die before the end of the 40 40- years, so they don't have to pay all the money! Payable, the prize money, payable over 40 years. Because I thought the end of the series, well done, done there's your cheque for a million dollars. No chance! Forty years, it's payable over. Can you believe it? Can't can you? I couldn't believe it either. I had to rewatch the program again. I had to. Re- I was talking to the lovely Kevin Hughes upstairs. Kevin is the showbiz reporter. He mixes with more people than I've had had hot dinners with. And um, he went to see Beyonce and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. was... A, he was name dropping like there was no Because I, I lap it all up. I tell him a bit of gossip. He tells me a bit of gossip. And so the, the difference is, he's a lot younger and a lot better looking than I. And that's why they put him on the television. Me, you know, I'd just sort of be fat bloke in background, walking past. You know, they go, oh, that's... Because I, I see people on the television, and I thought, that would be me one day. I'll be sitting there eating my cheese and pickle sandwich on a bench, and there'll be a film crew in front of me. And somebody is sitting watching the television, and Is go, I thought we saw Steve Allen on, the, on a bench on this programme. He's on the back of a news bulletin. So, Kev was... He's, he's thinking of going, I think, to um, the X Factor in Cardiff. Which would be fantastic. So you can do a, a piece on the exit, because he's never been. If anybody can do it, he can. If anybody can do it, he can. Such a nice man. Such. I'm surrounded by nice people here. It's almost in imba- Well, not necessarily this morning, but I mean, generally speaking, you can believe a million pounds spread for over forty years. Wouldn't you feel cheated? I think they do that on some of the national lotteries as well. I think what they do is they they sort of say, and here is the national lottery prize of sixty million, but it's payable over five hundred years or something like that. I suppose it's the way to do it, isn't it? Otherwise, you know, you, nobody wants to cough up a million pounds, but they must be making a fortune. must be making a fortune. I felt ever so sorry for some bloke the other day. I say felt sorry. I don't think sorry is quite the word for it. Um, he was, um... It was one 1.30am, the last train on the Metropolitan Line between Chorley Wood and Chesham. The power was switched off because this man got off the train, lit up a fag, leant over and fell onto the line. The train came in, the driver as you can imagine, now well traumatised because the body was dragged underneath the train, minus the head. Now, I've spoken to train drivers before. I've spoken to two, actually. No, oh, makes it sound like a, a tonne of people. Who, their worst nightmare is what they call jumpers in the station. The, the, the train comes in. Why they can't come in really slowly, I don't know. Why they have to come in at that speed? And, um, and their worst nightmare is somebody... And they say, you can tell, you can tell. He said, you just look the other way. He said, because there's a limit to how quickly you can stop these things. Mind you, the driver I had this morning... We went all over the place this morning. It was like a tour of the back streets of London. I couldn't understand why. We veered off at Earls Court and... Well, first of all, we ended up going through Richmond, which is like, you know, it's an extra half a mile out your way, so that's all right. Then we come off at Earls Court and then we go down, you know, and so we're, we're running parallel where we normally... And then we sort of pop up by the museum again. It seemed a pointless exercise. And then we get to Knightsbridge. We did the same again. We turn off down Beecham Place. And then we end up going round Grosvenor Square and pop it. It didn't seem to make any... D- I don't know why we did it. And I tell you, the speeds we hit, I was getting G-force. I Seriously, half my, I thought I was going to lose half my skin in this car. It was sort of stretching a bit. Oh, it was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But uh, I did like watching the tennis yesterday. Well, not like watching the tennis. I liked watching the Royal Family there, because I thought that was very, very good. Uh, the only way is Essex uh, people are out uh, yet again. And uh, poor old Lauren and uh, Mark Wright, a man with no talent and still not working... I can only hope that his new agent gets him some work as, uh, uh, as soon as possible so that he can do something. Thanks, Sweet P. Apparently, yesterday, Lauren insisted Mark would have to win back her trust. Nobody cares about you, dear. You look like your face is inside out in this one. Were you really, really unhappy? Look at this picture. Look, come here, look. Look at this picture, look. This is... I mean, is that... Miss Miserable, or what? Mm. Isn't it? It's not, mm. it's not 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 the happy, smiling Lauren that we thought she was. Not that I ever thought she was. But, but I do know she? who she is. I'm sorry, no, I know. To be honest with you, I'm not too sure myself. Oh, no. She's apparently going out with that fat bloke in front of her wearing the tracky bottoms. <laughs> they're engaged. Although, okay. looking at this picture here, I think very unlikely. But no, yeah, there you go. Uh, they're planning to release a single, not these two, because, as I say, Mark doesn't appear to have a job. They say he runs a nightclub. He doesn't, really. He just pops in when he's feeling like it. And, um... And they're going to release a single for Christmas. Come in, boys and girls, your five seconds of fame is just about over, okay? Because I've just told you. Quarter past five. (laughs) These are the headlines with 48 hours until national strikes. The Prime Minister steps in later, calling on public sector unions to halt their action. David Cameron will say current pension packages are unsustainable and the present arrangements are not fair to the taxpayer. Doctors who suspect a child is being abused or neglected should confront the young person about their concerns. New guidelines drawn up by the General Medical Council hope to reduce the number of paediatricians being accused of failing to spot the signs of abuse. And after the hottest day of the year so far, a warning of flash flooding for parts of London with up to four centimetres of rain in just a few hours. The Met Office say hailstorms were also expected after it hit almost 33 degrees in Kent yesterday. It will be cooler today. It's good news. Out there yesterday i bathing, no doubt, but she's got the travel for it this morning. <laughs> Jay Louise, thank you very much, Steve. I am afraid it's a horrendous start to choose- morning, everybody. Paul tells me no sign of a train at St. Pa- oh, sorry, no sign of rain at St Pancras Station. But there's no rain anywhere, is there? I'm, I'm desperately waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the moment when I can look out the window and go, "It's just started to rain." And if we go, do you know that's the most exciting thing we've heard on the radio in ages and ages? Anton Decker being pilloried at the moment by Petter which is People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, the reason being on their new show, Red or Black, which is the Simon Cowell show. Does he own television, Simon Cowell? He's certainly very popular with it. They, they, decide, they have things where they split up groups of people into red and black. And what they've done is they've sprayed sheep. They've taken sheep and they've sprayed some of them red and some of them black. And Petter is saying, this is outrageous. This is absolutely outrageous. Sheep are uh, intelligent and complex animals, And flock mates recognise each other, even if they've been separated for years. Subjecting these shy, sensitive animals to long periods of restraint in order to spray them with potentially noxious chemicals will be stressful and frightening. You wait till they go to the abattoir, they're going to be even more stressed and frightened because that's where they're going to end up, I'm afraid. They did a programme the other day, and it was taking some girls who bought these UGG-type boots uh, to show them how they were made, from here is the flock in the field... La 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 galloping around, da-da-da-da. And here they are with their throats being slit in an abattoir. And here is a man who is stripping their flesh from the body. So they then take the fleeces. The rest of the sheep just trundles round on this, like, you know, merry-go-round, Olden Towers kind of ride. And uh, then they take the fleece and they wash it and they put salt on it and do all the rest of it. And eventually it turns into this pair of boots for these girls. And they said, now you've seen them, do, 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 do you still like them? And, oh, Yeah. It's just it's amazing, isn't it? So, you know, Petter getting involved in something as silly as a TV show with a few sheep who they've sprayed red and black, they're going to end their lives hanging upside down and we're going to eat them. I don't think it's actually going to really make one scrap of difference. And also, they use animals all over the place. It doesn't matter. I mean, you see people dress up. Why don't don't Petter worry about maybe people walking down the street with animals that have got dressed up, people who put clothes on them? Why don't they worry about that? That's far more worrying, I'm afraid. Far more worrying. You know, instead they're worrying about a few sheep sprayed red. Intelligent. I, I thought the whole idea was sheep were stupid. I thought that was... I mean, did you see... I wonder if Petter saw the film Babe. They're stupid. Because the, the sheep dog, Babe, is talking... I know oh Babe was the pig, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And, and Babe was talking to them. Listen, sheep. Listen, sheep. Ba Listen. Listen. You've got to do all this for us. Ba They're stupid. Sheep are dumb. So they're not going to be worried. You know, what what colour are you? I think I'm green today. I don't know. I quite like green. What colour are you? I'm red. I'm red today. Will that make a difference? Not really, no, but it's quite attractive, isn't it? I mean, they all look the same. You know, like sheep. They're not... I don't think they're intelligent at all, actually. But uh, people pet her up in arms over, so they... Makes the papers, doesn't it? Makes the papers. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Other stories of the paper today. Poor uh, Alex Reed. Alex, sweet pea, you've had your little bit of fame, OK? It's finished. It's over. Get a job stacking shelves or working on checkout. Do something. It's finished, lovey. Okay? You were never very bright. You were never very intelligent. You weren't very talented. Okay? Finished. Go away. Go away. Stay away, please. You know, I'm just being kind. I know, and you can also take your ex-wife and her drippy boyfriend, who still appears not to have a job. Perhaps she's paying. Perhaps she's paying. Because, I mean, I don't know what sort of work he's doing, but so far it appears to be nothing at all. Perhaps it's like a full-time job, isn't it? Jordan's handbag, you know, it's like a full-time job, you don't actually do anything because Jordan will pay for you, because what Jordan wants, Jordan gets, unfortunately except an audience, or the exploitation of the children, which is nice, i got it very exci- I don't generally get excited about Morrison's adverts in the papers, i got excited about this one though because they've got 12 yogurts for 3 quid, which is only 61 pence each, and I do love a fruit corner I love a fruit corner, you can get 12 of them for 3 pounds, crunch yoghurt, Greek style yoghurt oh could you eat a yoghurt with strawberries now can you eat a strawberry yoghurt now? Yeah, but not one of those. Oh, they're not very good? There's um, a bio yoghurt. Yeah, well, yeah, bio yoghurt's alright. Yeah. They, they're alright? Yeah. You get 12 yeah, I'm for not three pounds. Sure I I'd get that one. Oh, okay, but 12 for three pounds. And that's, that's very good value. You have isn't to it? see what these sell by dates are. Oh, for God's sake. Well, you what do. You, just, you do. They're probably going to run out in a couple of days. Well, you just have to eat them all today, then, don't well, you? What's the point? No, you're right, actually. No, let's not bother with Morrison's. Although Boo! It could be a very good offer. I liked it. Well, it might be a good offer at three, Could be right, the sell-by date. I mean, could you eat 12 in a week? Probably not, actually. Probably be sick after that, but I do love a fruit corner. It's otherwise known as the lazy way of doing yoghurt. We'll put the yoghurt in this bit, and we'll put a corner of something, some puree, and then you spoon it over and that apparently makes you feel as though you're empowered. They were talking on Loose Women the other day, and it really, it's hemorrhaging, audience. It's it's, it's really um, it's, it's losing the will slip, mainly because every single panel member has actually got a book out, or they've had a book out, and, uh, and uh, Kate uh, Thornton uh, was quite clearly losing the plot when she was talking about uh, Beyoncé at Glastonbury, and was saying she empowers women. And Lisa Maxwell said, I don't, I don't quite understand... In fact, all the panel were against her, saying, what do you mean she's empowering women? You know, and, and Lisa Maxwell said, because she's got her book being serialised by the Mirror at the moment, she said, I don't want my girls to be empowered, thank you, with this sexuality. That's all she was doing. She was selling sex. And whichever way Kate Thornton tried to sell it, nobody was buying the empowering... It's, it's just a load of rubbish. What is this empowering women... It's stupid. What, do you think women want to go out there and go, I'm bootylicious, bootylicious, and start sticking above bum? They don't. Nobody does that. It's ridiculous. So the empowering of women, I'm afraid, took a, took a back seat, and poor Kate Thornton had to admit that maybe Beyoncé didn't empower women at all. And also, she didn't sing very much, I noticed, at Glastonbury. Mostly, it's the backing singers. She just occasionally chips in with, uh, 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 uh. Because I can't remember what the song's called, but it's really catchy. And I quite like it. And, it's, and there's a lot of sort of, you know, spreading your legs wide apart and, and sort of sticking your bum up in the air. That's apparently empowering uh, women. Uh, Steve says it's spitting in broccoli. Margaret says we've got rain in Beckenham. I don't believe any of these people. I don't believe them. Bewildered, I'm afraid. Tony says it's raining in Charlton. Don't believe you. Don't believe you. Unless it rains here in Leicester Square, I believe there is no more rain ever to come. Uh, Steve, I believe this million pounds is only applicable to winners who must be over eighteen accompanied by their mother and father Thank you forty years though isn't it funny forty years forty years, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to collect your uh, your prize money, which is very good indeed um all the papers say full about the uh, the dogs i'm afraid dying in the car It's front page of loads of papers I just don 't understand how the head of the police dog training school could actually lock two dogs in a car with the windows done up. I mean, how would, that, how would that work? Ridiculous, isn't it, really? Uh, also, TJ Hughes, the discount department store, is teetering on the brink. Did you see the other day, Jay Norman apparently is closed in the high street. Now, Jay Norman is a very much respected name, and uh, and now no more. I think... I, I don't know why all these shops are, are going under. Is there some particular reason why all of a sudden you've fallen... We've fallen out of love with Habitat, and I have to be truthful. I walked past Habitat in Kingston yesterday. It's... The stuff just looks tired. You know, the stores needed a good kick, a revamp or something, because they didn't say... It to, to, and, and also, i tell you what doesn't help in stores. Snooty staff. You go in there and people sort of, you know, they really... They're not bothered... And the amount of times I've been into Habitat, and I'm not picking on them in particular because I've I've bought stuff in there and I've bought stuff everywhere else, but you sort of get an attitude that staff can't really be bothered with you. They'd rather sort of dust a shelf, as I put You feel like saying, excuse me, customer, customer, you know, it's, it's just so annoying. And then you think, well, you know, you've, you've kind of cut your nose off to spite of your face. I don't think it's always the staff's problem. Cause I'm sure, quite sure you get horrible customers. I'm quite, I mean, I, I would be considered, you know, quite a difficult customer at times. Because I'm spending serious money. I'm spending money in a store. I'm expecting, as they said in Pretty Woman, some serious grovelling. We're going to spend some serious money. Let's learn how it works, shall we? This is LBC Allen. Morning, everybody. It's nice to be company. hope you're well. Still looking out the window, still waiting for the rain, I'm still <laughs> waiting for anything at all, looking out there. I love the story. It's it is, you, you know when you read stories very quick and you see a story on the mirror and it's a whole page uh, by Nicola Methven, the TV editor, on uh, ITV, May moving Adrian Charles and Christy Bleakley to the evening slot in a bid to rival the BBC show because apparently they're hemorrhaging audience on daybreak and nobody's interested, it's a ghastly programme. And uh, and what, what they're saying is that uh, if they uh, move them, to the uh, to the tea time slot they could be up against the uh, the rival one show on the BBC which is where they came from they said to recreate that magic that they had they never had any magic what do people talk about this magic the chemi- they had no chemistry they've got zilch in common zilch chemistry zilch anything nothing Nothing at all. That's why people aren't watching. They cannot bear the fact that these two overpaid presenters are earning £3 million. That's what sticks in the throat of the viewers. It's got nothing to do with the fact that she can't present for Toffee and he looks bored out of his mind with one of the dullest voices in Christendom. It's the fact that they're so out of touch with their audience because they're earning too much money. She spends most of her time cavorting around on holiday with her little footballing boyfriend. We're not interested. We're not interested. It's just tedious. So you read this story about movies, they can recreate the magic they had before. As I say, there was no magic. That was the whole joke about it. They had zero in common. It was a dreary little programme. She'd been presenting for about five nanoseconds. Then at the very end, ITV have said, well, you know, we are, we are looking at revamping our news programme, but uh, the suggestion that Adrian and Christine are moving to 6pm is untrue. So there's a whole page by Nicola Methven basically talking rubbish about they could move them and they could do this and they could do that. They're not going to. What they shouldn't have done is messed around with GMTV. They should have left it as was because those presenters had far more in common with the audience. At least when you watch, you know, the Kate Garraways, you knew they weren't earning £3 million. There's one thing guaranteed to really annoy an audience, you know, and the ordinary people who watch is when people sort of sit there and you know how much they're earning and you think, and you're not even very good. Kind of makes all my uh, remarks about the... uh, about the Daybreak programme, actually ring even more true, because I said it would never work. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But they all think they know. Even, is it Peter Fincham? You know, who's who's desperately trying to sort of do something here. He's convinced his star signings could recreate the one show magic. Well, I don't think so, I'm afraid. All the ex-producers from GMTV are going... Pile of rubbish and it? pile of old rubbish. The trouble is, it's a program that's. Why do you know? Why do they feel that you have to know everything about them? So the cameras follow Christine Bleakley on holiday, and then apparently Frank, Frank the Plank Lampard gets down on one knee and proposes to her. And this is of interest, is it to us? Tell me for why. Tell me for why that's of interest. I'm not interested. Maria says, "I believe dogs need much more oxygen than we do. I took a dog off its lead in the hot weather, left outside a shop in warm weather without water. Found the owner. She swore at me and accused me of overreacting. Well, you absolutely shouldn't have touched somebody else's dog. It's got nothing to do with you. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You shouldn't touch somebody else. That's absolutely. She was absolutely right. You should never. T- it's not your dog. Why did you touch it? You must, must never do that. That woman could have called the police and had you." It's like, you know, that's up to her. If if, if, there's a, if there's an incident to be dealt with, the police deal with it. You don't take the law into your own hands. Very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Uh, Loose Woman, Lisa Maxwell, day two of the interminably boring story. I mean, who cares? My first lover was so jealous and cruel, I thought he'd kill me. I'm so, I'm so, is this a family newspaper? Who cares? Who, oh, dear, I think we need to get rid of you off the panel of Loose women. It's got to go. So, Jane Norman, gone. Focus, closed, Habitat closing, HMV, a little bit dodgy at the moment, they've had to refinance, and you go in there. And again, I went to HMV last Saturday, and and I did buy a couple of things. There's lots of people milling around, staff in there, standing behind the counter gossiping, only one person serving on the till. So there's three of us queuing. And the other people, as opposed to thinking, you know, there's some customers, let's take their, their money. I seriously stood there and I thought... Do you know, I could do a bit of a bit of a queenie fit here and just go up and go, if you can't be bothered to take our money, I can't be bothered to shop here anymore. But I've, I was I was having quite a good day, actually, so I stood there patiently waiting while one person, you know, went through their rigmarole of, uh, would you like to buy any of these chocolate bars, and would you like to buy an extra... H- no, I don't. Just serve me these blooming things here. Meanwhile, the other three are all... Fa- D- don't they see customers? Small wonder that HMV's in the pickle that it's in, I'm afraid. It's this customer service. It's gone right down the pan. Nobody cares anymore. You go into a shop. It's only in restaurants where you get it. And yet, yesterday, I go into the van shop again in Kingston because I've got so obsessed with vans. And I know that, you know, people say... I I love them. I do... In in terms of comfy slip-on shoes, you know, she's the same next door. She's got comfy shoes she pops on, you know, and you just... Yeah, to walk in the morning. I do the same, you see. I like comfy shoes guess you to run I've not seen her running yet not A will be the first running <laughs> I don't think so but anyway so I go in there and big smile on their faces as I say I'm the oldest person in Christendom to go in there probably all the other people are young hip trendy skater types and all this kind of thing and, uh, and I'm there and I'd stupidly take him my jacket off so I was looking particularly bigger than usual and every time you catch sight of yourself you think I don't know liposuction what do you think and, um, and so they say hiya I said can I order three pairs of Vans yes of course you can uh, he said nine and a half ten and a half I said ten and a half so we, we do that. I said, do you want a deposit? He said, no, 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 it's Steve, isn't it? I said, yeah. And so he said, no, no, he said, you, you come in very quickly when we phone you. And, uh, and so I thought, they get my business, because that's what, it's, that's what it's like. You go into a local shop, I'm expecting service, because I live locally. Do you remember we went to a restaurant once in, in Twickenham? I went with, with my godchildren and Kristen Shan. We go into the restaurant, and... The waitress came over, gave us the thing, and then we ordered, and I think it was Palmer hal- Ham and Melon to start with. She went out and bought it. She went out to buy it. We sat there at the table, and she goes out, and and then she comes back with the Palmer Ham and the Melon. Well, I thought, I could have done that. It would have been easier, wouldn't it? And so we have the Palmer Ham and Melon, we have our main course, and then when the bill arrives, it's one of these automatic tilts, and they put service on. And legally, you are well entitled to cross out the service. You do not have to pay service, OK? Legally, you can cross it out. So I crossed it out. So as we're walking down the road, I left the money, you know, on the thing, and said, excuse me, excuse me, uh, you haven't uh, paid the service. I said, there wasn't any. There wasn't any, darling. Very soon after that, the restaurant closed, and I thought, you'll learn. Kicking the rear end is what you teach these these places. It's appalling. You do not have to pay a service charge. For doing what? For carrying the... P- I tell you what, when the food arrives, give me a shout, I'll come and collect it myself from there. If your boss paid you a decent wage, you wouldn't have to actually, you know, pay, pay the service charge. It's a rip-off, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need to pay it. Don't pay it. Comet, under threat. What was the interest on Comet's credit card? 39% or something. I don't know which planet these people are living on. And again, another place. Hello, would you like to take out an extended warranty? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Why, well, it, what happens if it breaks down? If it breaks down, mate, it'll be coming right back. Ah, uh, Well, it's you have to contact the manufacturer. No, 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 no. I bought it from you. I bought it from you, sonny boy. You get it back, OK? Uh, Moban, Sharps and Dolphin, they say, is under threat at the moment. Which well, is a shame, actually, because I quite fancy a fitted bathroom. Um, and Clinton's under threat as well, because there's people undercutting. And again, I've stood in Clinton's, and uh, it's like... Couldn't really be bothered. Really couldn't be bothered with the service. Perhaps there isn't any. Perhaps nobody cares anymore. Why don't people care? You know, people should... No, you're not opening these. I'm, no, because they're there as a tempter. Why are you just putting them there? Because they're annoying you, and that's why I've left them there. They're 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 jaffa cakes. Yes, you like them. Yes, they're I'm, very nice, aren't they? Yes. And the good news is about Don't those is on. they're very good for you. Oh, there's, no, they are because there's hardly any calories in that. Strangely enough, that doesn't mean they're good for you. Well, I mean, not, not if you eat a whole packet. It's No, good. Just lovingly caressing the box, dear. Oh, that's right. Throw them down. Break them. Let's have a bit of a bit of a fit, shall we? <laughs> I might open them after six. I might. That's only a might. Okay. It depends. I don't wh- want them, then. It depends whether I get a cold glass of water no. now. Okay. If I get a cold glass of water, we might uh, might open them. Uh, Steve, you mentioned dressing up things. I dress my friend Gray up in funny co- costumes, and he loves it. Says prawl from the posh end of Weybridge. Liar. Not in the posh end of Weybridge at all. We know where you live. Mark says it's raining at Blackfriars Bridge. Raining on the M25. Says Gavin. <laughs> Uh, would you recommend the Suncoast Hotel in Vegas? I'm going in August, says Matt. The Suncoast. Yes, it's just outside Vegas, isn't it? Suncoast Resort. It's big. It's big, full of old people. You'll love it. It's very good. It's very, very good. It's, it is full of old people. It's got a big casino. The rooms are quite good. Got mirrors in the bathrooms. How do I know this? Because I've stayed there as well. Uh, the rain's just started in Dagenham, Steve. Darren says it's trying to rain over in Epping. It's always trying to do something in Epping, isn't it? Always. But nothing here. I'm almost disappointed. And uh, mark the bailiff's up early. Oh, dear. There's a, there's a bad start to the day. A bad start to the day. He's off out. He's coming to collect your car. What f- Oh, I tell you, the power of that. The power. The excitement, ladies and gentlemen. There's a, a man here who, uh he, he went out to an Indian restaurant. His name is Billy West and his girlfriend. And their seven-month... Yeah, you couldn't resist the blooming. <laughs> oh dear. Talk about sheep, ladies to and gentlemen. because yeah. I wanted a glass yeah. of Yeah. I said I said, bring me in some cold water, we'll open the Jaffa <laughs> cakes. She couldn't get to that machine fast enough. There you go, you can have them. Can I? Yes. Yes. Now you can take both boxes. Oh really? Mm. Okay. Can't open them. We just don't take them. <laughs> They're very nice, actually. My yeah. friend Paul Zerdin had some the other day. He's he's not eating bread at the moment. He's cut bread out completely, and he said it's absolutely unbelievable yeah. to cut bread out. So I'm going to have a good try. Yeah. I Had a case of the munchies last night. Though. I had to have some. I went through the cupboard, and all I could find was some um, mushroom soup. How boring was that? But it tasted delicious. Anyway. So Billy West and his girlfriend uh, were at an, I- an Indian restaurant with their seven-month-old, who'd been waiting for up to 30 minutes, company director, because the baby was, was crying and all the rest of it. So there's somebody else sitting at the table and um, and he suggested the pair put the baby to bed. You know, there's no point in having a, a baby out here because it was crying, it quite clearly wanted to go to sleep. Anyway, um, Billy West then gets up, pulled a wine bottle from the ice bucket and smashed this bloke over the head with it. I mean, quite clearly, a very nasty little piece of work. The judge called it a vicious and cowardly attack and has sent him to prison for two years and five months. It's good news, isn't it? It's what I like. Quick justice. I'm sorry, because normally, you know, you read dreadful cases in the papers of people doing things and uh, and nothing happens. This case, you can spend two years in prison. You know, when you come out, perhaps you might be a better person. Not half as stupid as Kelsey Donkin. Kelsey Donkin is a fat, useless layabout who faces prison. And the reason she faces... They've called her a yobet. She's a rather stupid person. You know what she is when you look at her. She's got Ugg boots on, a baseball cap and a bit of cheap jewellery round her throat. Thank you. Oh, you started eating them already. OK. And uh, when the, um, the cop who was blinded by Raoul Moat turned up in court, she stood there and went bang, bang behind him. She was with a group of friends. She's a rather stupid of limited intelligence person. And, um, she, uh, was warned yesterday she could spend up to 12 weeks in jail for the horrific distress that she caused PC, uh Rathband. And I have to be honest, looking at a picture of her turning up in court yesterday, she's even more stupid than you imagine. Why this woman at 22 is on benefits, I've got no idea. Does she have a disability, apart from being a little bit stupid? Is that a reason for giving somebody benefits now? Take her off it immediately and get her out to work. She might lose some of the weight she's carrying around. I mean, really, absolutely disgusting. The judge has said she's admitted doing it to cause distress. She said, I'd, I wanted to cause trouble. You think, you stupid woman. It's people like this that really make me sick. Honestly, I just, as I say, I wish we had these little magic guns in Star Wars. You go, and they dissolve in front of you. And you go, thank God for that. We've got rid of you. So they had one on the Jeremy Kyle show. I don't know why I watch it, actually. It just drives you mad, doesn't it? Bloke on there. And he thought he was being really clever and cocky. He wasn't remotely interested in the fact that his umpteenth girlfriend, he'd got pregnant. He couldn't care less. He was on television. In the case of his mates, he was probably, you know, big star or something like that. Whereas, in fact, you look at them and you think, you're fine now, aren't you? When you get to be about 30, what have you got? Answer, nothing. Nothing at all. It's a shame, isn't it, really? I laugh. Quarter to Six. These are the headlines, David Cameron will call on public sector unions later to halt planned industrial action and accept their pension packages are unsustainable. The Prime Minister will insist the present arrangements are not fair to the taxpayer. A man stabbed to death in Holloway has been named by police as 21-year-old Andrew Jaipal from Finsbury Park. Police believe he was attacked on Sunday night on Andover Road by a group of 12 to 20 people. Nobody's been arrested. And the Environment Agency is saying up to 30 millimetres of rain could fall in the space of a few hours in south-east London. Hailstorms were also expected with flood alert for rivers in Lewisham, Bromley, Greenwich and Croydon. Check on the state of the roads. Check Thank you, Steve. Well, yes, it's already a busy start and that's without the rain. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to six. It's nice to have you company. Welcome to LBC. If you're a new listener, hello. And <laughs> if you're a tourist, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing that. Always just reminds me of sort of... I just imagine what it must be like if you're a tourist and you turn on the radio. You're going, oh, we're in London. Turn around, hello. And you think, oh, that's quite friendly, isn't it? You know, somebody saying hello to you. Because nobody talks to you in London. Nobody says anything to you in London. Because if somebody starts talking to you... I mean, I, I, my, my, my hard and fast rule is somebody starts talking to me, I keep walking... I keep walking all the time, but if this rain comes down today, I might not do as much walking as I thought. Supposed to be having a lunch break, but uh, a lunch show with some people today. But if it rains, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to get wet, I'm afraid. Uh, sad to hear that Margaret Tysack has left us, says Paul. She had a big break in the Forsyth saga, last seen in EastEnders playing Lydia Simmons. And a good friend of your programme, Robert Craig Morgan, played I, Claudius, with her as the young Caligula and paid tribute to her. We love Robert Craig Morgan. On the subject of Daybreak, why not give it to Simon Cowell? After all, he's doing everything else on, on television. <laughs> looking forward to June Brown, looking for her relatives in Who Do You Think You Are later in the year. We love June Brown. She was just so. Oh, I don't know, Steve. She was puffing away on a fag, you know, pretend fag. She had one of these things that puts out steam, an electric cigarette. She was, but she's, she's just so lovely. She said, I don't think we've had a bad person on, actually. I'm trying to think if we had anybody who was... You know, sometimes you get a bit worried because sometimes the PR companies are a little bit... You know, don't ask them about this. Don't ask about that. When the person comes in, they're more than happy to talk about anything at all. And, um, and so this week, you've got Kim Marsh, who's got her autobiography out. A little bit young for an autobiography. And although she's very chatty, as you will discover, not a big fan. I have to tell you now, I was not a big fan at all. I haven't really changed my opinion, except she's, she's very professional. She went out to Elton John's party the night before. Didn't have to come in here the next day and do a stack of interviews, but, uh, but she did. Um, a lot of people are talking about liporexia. This is people um, addicted to um, getting rid of fat. And so they're more than happy to go to somebody. And I could set up as a, as, a, as a doctor doing liposuction. I don't have to be medically qualified. I just have to have the money to buy the equipment. And if you've got the money to buy the equipment, you can just set up... I don't have, I don't have any... Quali- I can just stick needles in people. If you're stupid enough to go to somebody who isn't registered... You know, how many times do you ever check out, you know, all these all these clinics' qualifications? You know, you see somebody's FRFC, to all these different... And you've got no idea what they are. Even I don't know what they're. I've just made it up. But that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? That you have to be very careful. So people become addicted to somebody sticking a needle and basically vacuuming them out. Vacuuming... There... Oh, I did something stupid last Oh, it must be stupid. I was emptying some water down an outside drain yesterday, and there happened to be a teaspoon in there, and it's gone down the drain. Now, and it might not be much to you, but I suddenly thought, oh, how am I going to get that back out again? And I've suddenly realised that the teaspoon is magnetic, so I'm now going to go and get one of these things with a magnet on the end of it, which I can put down there and try and retrieve my teaspoon. It's not that I'm hard up for teaspoons, it's just that I don't want it to get clogged up, because it, it could lead to a flood. And if all this stuff... I can see myself out there today. and can see it, can't you? You can just see it happening. How many passwords do you use a day? I only ask because there's a piece in the paper today that says we use on average of ten passwords a day. You know, I come into work... I've just had to change my password. I've decided it's easy to just up the numbers. There's no point in changing the password. And then I had a PayPal password, which I inadvertently changed yesterday because I pushed the wrong button and I've now had to change that. So I've had to write that down. And then I've got other magic sites I go onto. and They've got passwords. Then I went to order something from Penhaligan's yesterday. I got a bit carried away with Penhaligon's. <gasps> Candles arriving this week, Popsy. Oh, dear. They had a thing on... I mean, and I, I've looked at it long-term. I've looked at this as Christmas presents, OK? Because I know it's June, but they, had, they, they, they sent me an email saying they've got a special offer on up to 50% off. And one of them was that they do a nice candle, silver-plated, on a silver-plated tray, and the candle is in a silver-plated holder, and it's large. And it's really, uh, reduced from £61 to £31. So I bought 10 I pushed the wrong button. I pushed the. I bought ten of them, and I pushed the wrong buttons. So I said, "Well, they, they, what I thought now is the. Mo, I mean, I only wanted one to start with. Anyway, I've got the ten, so it doesn't matter. And I thought for Christmas presents, that's a really nice. Oh God, Barbara Windsor's not listening. Oh, if her and Scott are listening, that's blown it completely. Yeah, they, they probably will have forgotten. But no, Scott won't have forgotten by that time. We go. I'm sure you mentioned at about seven minutes to six that uh, it was going to be one of these candles. It's quite nice, actually, because I like Joe Malone, I like, uh, I like the Penhalligan as well, so I've got ten of these things coming. But they're lovely. so oh, I've told her as well next door. Now she knows what she's getting for Christmas. Oh. Yes, you're right, you will. No, of course, you'll have forgotten by the end of the programme. Huh, what am I talking about? Good Lord. But uh, it just goes to prove, you see, I'm, 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 I'm sort of stockpiling for the future, as it were stupid, isn't it? It is stupid. In case of power cuts as well. But they are nice, I promise you. They're really nice. You'll like it. Silver-plated tray with the silver-plated thing on. It's really lovely. Really lo- You'll love it. look lovely in your place. She's very goth, you know, her place is. <laughs> you are. Some of the stuff I've given you, you must be. What have you got? Is it, is it lots of floaty material in your place? Is it sort of wind turbines or something outside? Well, not wind turbines, but you know what I mean. Do you have sort of, you know... have you Chinese lanterns. Yeah, we, we walked through Soho the other week and there was a shop. We'd just come from doing Kim Cottrell And we walked back through and there was a shop selling Chinese lanterns. I don't know what came over It was a momentary... I thought we were going out or something. I don't know. It must have, it must have been a very odd thing. <laughs> <laughs> because I said, oh, look, aren't they pretty, those lanterns? She went, yeah. I said, And so I was sort of looking through them. I said, well, pick one. I'll buy one for you. I don't know what I was thinking of. In fact, as I was... I, was, I thought, what have you said? What have you done? So, anyway, so I bought her this Chinese... Lantern. She was very happy very pretty Chinese lantern, though, isn't it? It And I do love Chinese paper lanterns with the... Oh, it's beautiful. Anything like that. I think it's absolutely super. Uh, So, ten passwords a day we use, on average. And probably yesterday, I must have done about five or six. At least five or six. Because every time you go onto a site, they go, have you been here before? Then, you know, when you pay your tax, you put in your password. When you do this, you put in your password. Everywhere, passwords. Very shortly, they say, they're going to do away with checkbooks. Well... I don't actually give away that many cheques. I suppose that we'll then have to just just sort of backs the money over, I suppose. I don't know. Um, i tell you what one town is doing in this country, down in Cornwall, in Newquay. And I'll be glad to, for it to be introduced across the whole of the country. People wearing inappropriate slogans on T-shirts. And that applies to everybody, old to young. Some of the slogans are just filth. It's absolutely... It's, it's base, it's horrible, it's crude, it's cheap generally worn by people, as I say, who aren't all there in the brain department. And so Newquay have now clamped down. They're now saying, you know, there are people walking up and down the street holding sex toys in Newquay because people go there for stag and hen do's. They've completely ruined and taken over the town, apart from the students. We've had a number of students who've died there because they go on drinking binges. And uh, if you can't handle drink... You know, it's not very good for you. And these people think it's really clever at 17 to down a bottle of vodka and then soon find out when they're in the hospital having their stomach pumped out that it's not the best thing to do. So Newquay Council, together with the police, are clamping down and they're saying, no, we're not having people walking down the street holding things that they bought in sex shops and wearing inappropriate slogans on T-shirts. And these people will be fined and arrested. Brilliant. Let's do it in London as well, can we? I'm sick to death of people going out there, wearing slogans on the front, which just you just shouldn't see it. It's like bad language. I hate sitting on a, a train when you hear people talk, and they, and they cannot open their mouths without swearing. It's absolutely awful. awful. I'm delighted to, to tell you that I'm proved right yet again. It's almost embarrassing on a daily basis. But I've often said to you, the one thing that is the most stressful for me, not moving or work or anything like that, airports airports are unbelievably <laughs> stressful. It's not just... I mean, I do like them, but it's getting to them. My, my, my neighbour, Lynn, is on holiday at the moment, and I ran her up to the airport, because I'm like that. I'm a good little soul. Because I work on the assumption. That's one more favour she owes me. And, uh, and she's very good. She does all the paperwork. And she does all the bits and pieces. And, you know, we get on very, very well. I would trust her with everything. And so she she t- sent me a text the other day. I think she's in Marbella or something like that. She said, we're having such a good time. She's over there with ten friends. She said, I'd like to extend the holiday. So I said, well, yeah, that's fine. I said, you, you do that. And so she said is it possible you can come and pick me up? And I said, absolutely. So Friday, I'm going to drive out. I can't pick her up tomorrow because I've got an interview to record for In Conversation. And I said, I, c- I can pick you up Thursday or Friday. She said, Friday would be great. And the flight gets in about one o'clock or something, or twenty past one. So that, that's absolutely fine for me. And Amanda is going to Spain in August. And she said, will you take me to Luton? No. And so I'm going out. You must be joking. Luton? I'd never get the car back in one piece. We, I'd, I'd open the door. The thing would be jacked up. Yeah, we, we could just sort of open the window and push you out. That's a good idea, yes. That's nice, yeah. yes. I could, uh, perhaps I could stay in your flat overnight, you know, for the next morning. Oh, if I wanted to. Ooh, it's a relationship. And, uh, <laughs> quite quite queasy. So, uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and pick her up from the airport. And it's quite nice, you know, when somebody comes and pick, Because you stand outside the airport and you don't know whether to get a train, a bus or a taxi or, you know, some of these horrible minicabs are touting. Not necessarily out at Gatwick, I know. Um, but it's very stressful going there. It's actually getting there and parking the car, I find, the most stressful thing. I find everything stressful, the whole thing. Just getting on a bus, I find stressful. I can guarantee that I'll I'll go down to go and get a bus this morning, and just as I get near the bus stop, the bus will sail past. It's always the way, isn't it? I'm sure the drivers hide around the corner, and they go, right, he's going to be there. Put your foot down now, and off they go. And uh, so I end up walking, which, of course, is much better for me and much healthier. Each bead of sweat... Morning, everybody. Tuesday morning in London town. It's the 28th of June. I can't believe it's the 28th of June. Whizzing through, is it? Soon be Christmas, as Hamleys have just told you. Oh, let's see. I like the idea. As far as I'm concerned, every day is Christmas. I love it. She can't bear it next time. I cannot bear it. Uh, Lynn says, "I agree with you about day in December." She said, "Don't mind it in December." There yeah, is more fun having it the rest of the year. I could happily live in a Christmas shop. I could live in a Christmas... I would be as happy as Larry to work in a Christmas shop and just go there and surround yourself with tinsel and baubles and just, just lovely things, lovely things. Totally agree with you, says a little about Daybreak and GMT. The old saying is, if it's saying is, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Also, the HMV staff must have the same service all over, and it isn't cheap, in fact, quite expensive for some DVDs. Yeah, you know, You've really got to shop around for the DVD market. It's a bit, it's a bit difficult, really. I always used to... I go on to my, my price checker and see how, how cheap you can get it. And some of the prices are, are way out, way out. Um, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, one here, for, I'm just going to check on the weather, actually, just to see wh- what it's going to do today. Uh, cloudy, brighter spells, especially in the west. Further scattered showers, occasionally heavy and thundery. Uh, the high today, 24 centigrade. That's cooler than yesterday. Currently 18, the pollen forecast. Bad news for you again, I'm afraid. It's high. Tonight, dry Uh, The night will have broken cloud, the chance for a light shower. And tomorrow, bright or sunny, few showers developing later. Thursday, sunny intervals with some cloud. Friday, staying dry with cloud and sunny intervals. And Saturday, dry and sunny. That's not too bad for the rest of the... We do need a bit of water, though, don't we? We really do need a little bit of water. And uh, just been looking at your pictures of you with Kim Cattrall. Just wanted to say, like your lovely self, Mannequin was my favourite film because I was in love with Andrew McCarthy and Hollywood. The character, that is, was hilarious. Uh, it's such a good film, isn't it? I liked it. I, I really did absolutely liked it. And uh, Gordon says, um, <laughs> I booked to see Paul Zerdin in October. It rained here last night. And uh, and I do remember. Oh, the answer was, were they really? Oh, right. That's unusual, actually, the holiday destination and the spending money. That is unusual, because I thought it would be different. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And uh, your love, isn't Paul Zerdin great? Isn't he wonderful? We love Paul Zergan. Actually, I loved everybody on that show. Went very well indeed. Uh, One here, uh, from Noreen. She says, the poor doggies, what was the policeman thinking of? I think that's on everybody's mind. The the one thing is, how can a man who looks after and trains police dogs on the hottest day of the year leave them locked in a car with no air, no water, and goes off several... I mean, how... Well, anyway. Uh, Do you see William and Catherine at Wimbledon? I think she's gorgeous. She's 5 feet 11 and stunning in white watching Murray. And uh, I hope everybody gets to work OK. It must have been a nightmare stuck on the train in the heat. Chris Lowry had a nightmare journey home, says Noreen. I know, I think we all heard about it. and We didn't go on to the news talking about it. But um, it's, it's you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be stuck on any train in the heat. It's bad enough as it is being stuck on the underground. Uh, Steve, I'm sure you know this already, says Sean. but that giant of talent and your favourite crooner, the one and only Pete Andre, will be appearing on QVC tomorrow because he's flogging his album on QVC. It's the only way we can actually uh, uh, get it sold. Thank you. Uh, Paul has said, ''Some of the things that you owe your mother...'' We all owe our mother some things. Uh, ''My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. ''If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. ''I've just finished cleaning.'' ''My mother taught me religion. ''You better pray that this will come out the carpet.'' All these sayings will be familiar with your mother's. ''My mother taught me about time travel.'' If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. (laughs) My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Remember that one? I can't believe that our parents used to say that to us. (laughs) And uh, my mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until all that soup has gone. Well, the other one is, you know, eat it. Eat it. There's people starving in other countries. Well, send it to them. My mother taught me wisdom. When you get to be my age, you'll understand. My mother taught me anticipation. Just wait till we get home. My mother taught me genetics. You're just like your father. My mother taught me ESP. Put your sweater on. Don't you think I know when you're cold? My mother taught me humour. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. And my favourite, uh, my mother taught me medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, you're going to get stuck that way. All those things that your mum told you. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. You're quite right, actually. Uh, Bring back Penny Smith. Still waiting for the rain in Lewisham, Steve. Bridget says, raining here, ten miles north of Bishop Stortford. Raining very hard on the M25 in Essex, says Samon. Steve, what do EastEnders watch on television when EastEnders is on the television, says Brian? I don't know, but that's what I said before. That was always my... My comedy moment is that when Cindy Beale walked into, M- into, uh, into Weatherfield, nobody knew... They'd obviously not seen the television. And she's been on loads of things. Very well known. James is recovering from Sunday's 60-mile bike ride around Essex for Little Haven's Children's Charity. It was hot. I hit the wall at 55 miles, got through it. Lovely. Alan in Enfield says uh, LBC. Following my previous text, Steve and Amanda can surely replace Misery Guts and Christine on television. I know, but our loyalty is to the radio. You know, which, to be honest with you, and also it saves her putting makeup on. You know, I wouldn't like to say that if we were doing television, we'd have to get there a little bit earlier. You know, because that—I mean—in her case, it might have to be about an hour and a half earlier, as they sort of do the hair and then you know makeup and everything. So it just—it would, just wouldn't be worth it, to be honest with you. Tessa Jowell is looking at the papers with Nick Ferrari this morning. And uh, this morning, in a similar incident to one two years ago, the two police dogs, which we've talked about today, have died after being left in a boiling hot car. Nick will be asking what should happen to the officer, questioning whether the police should know better and asking if think the officer should face prison. Some of the papers are suggesting today that uh, he's been sectioned and uh, he's being looked after for his own safety. Uh, he also looks at yesterday's travel chaos in the light of the heatwave. I'll be talking Olympics with Shadow Olympics Minister Tessa Jowell. At 9am, swapping diet tips with rotund comedian, actress and author Dawn French, and uh, all that, and of course, your thoughts on the news of the day as well. So Dawn French, how lovely, Dawn French. Love Dawn French, love Dawn French. Uh, Gordon in Tooting, he's going back into St George's. He said, it appears I'm not very well, I love that, it appears I'm not very well again, but that's all right, because it's a marvellous hospital. And he says, pass on love and thanks to Sandra and Paul for love and support and best wishes to the team. At St George's. I shall pass on the visiting hours and arrange a parking place. Or shall there be two for you in the Bentley? Thank you. Uh, Richard, great night at the Magic Circle, Steve. Congratulations on your award. Let's do it again. Oh, and the the winner of the Steve Allen iPad on Sunday. Dorian from Ilford. And the winning bid was... 16 pence. 16 pence the iPad went for. (gasps) Good grief. Uh, Thank you to Ivor for sending me this one in. No English dictionary has been able to explain the difference between the two words complete and finished in a way that's easy to understand. Some people say there is no difference between complete and finished. I beg to differ. When you marry the right woman, you are complete. When you marry the wrong one, you're finished. And when the right one catches you with the wrong one, you're completely finished. Thank you very much. (laughs) News headlines with Sam Pittis. There's more problems on the trains this morning after thousands of... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 18 minutes past six. So here is the story of a 12-year-old, a wheelchair-bound 12-year-old, barred from EasyJet because of health and safety fears. His name's Declan Spencer. He has a muscle-wasting disease. He's been told by doctors his next operation will leave him physically unable to fly again. So determined to make the most of his last trip, his mum... Alexandra booked her family a holiday to Pathos in Cyprus. It was only after she called the Budget Airline to make special arrangements for boarding that the staff said her son would not be able to travel. The reason being, he has a wheelchair that is more complicated than normal wheelchairs. This one here is electric. It's £200, and it's. It, I've seen pictures of it. It's It's meant for people who've got severe disabilities. It's not just a normal fold-up wheelchair. And so, consequently... Uh, they've said you can't. They will only carry wheelchairs, uh, provided they can be collapsed into separate parts of less than £130 each. And, of course, this one doesn't. And because he's got this muscular dystrophy, when he cannot walk or stand, he's going to have this spinal surgery, and it would, would mean that they would have to take him on board in the wheelchair and remove a plane seat in order for him to fly. So, consequently... Um, they, they, they've said no, they've said it's against their, their policy to take him. They said they were very saddened at being unable to help, but insisted it was bound by airport health and safety rules. Strangely enough, they've managed to book on another airline, so I don't know what rules they're actually working to on EasyJet. I'm quite sure that, as with all these cases, it's the ground staff saying one thing. If you'd contacted Stelios, Stelios would go, yes, no problem, no problem, get him on the air, you know, because it's it's bad publicity, for a company, isn't it? And now, the airline has refunded the cost of flights. Mrs Spencer has now been able to book with a different carrier. So somebody else can take him. Why couldn't EasyJet take him? So the question is, airport hassles do stop a lot of people from flying. Admittedly, I've seen some people there. They turn up with this amount of luggage. And some of it, how it ever gets there in one piece, they're like in these, um, um, what do they call it, laundry bags. wrapped. I've seen them, and you think... How are you taking this abroad? It's just stupid. What are your airport disasters? 84850 or LBC 973? So airport hassles, it really does drive you absolutely mad. 10% of adults cannot fly because of hassles. Those who do take to the air, I think 23% found the airport experience as stressful as moving house. More than two in five travellers said airports made them feel stressed and uh, a third who have flown said passing for an airport was more stressful than the working week. Very stressful up at the airport, and how are we coping at all? The, the poll found the most nerve-wracking parts of the airport experience include flight delays, mislaying belongings, and getting to the departure gate on time. It's the departure gate. How, how far is it? It's down there. How, how far? About a mile. Sorry? In some of the airports, you have, you have to literally stand on the moving conveyor belts to get yourself there. And sometimes you have to get a, a chuff-chuff to get there, don't you? It's a little train at Stansted, you get there. Yes, I've done Stansted. Of course I've done Stansted. What do you think? I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm common enough to do every airport. I've done all of them. Haven't done Pathos, though. I am quite fancy doing that today. You've done that. Is that a good airport or not? I've done... I bet I've done an airport you haven't done. I've done Kittala in the Arctic Circle. Now, that's funny. That is very funny. It's almost their um, customs... Is, um, is like a little barn door you walk through. It's really bizarre. <laughs> Mind you, it's so cold out there. There's nothing to smuggle at all. So, airports. Does it deter you? Do you get a bit panicky when they go, we're flying from, and you go, oh, no. Do you get panicky over it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, or tweet me, lbc973. So, it does amaze me that in the case of EasyJet, this, this poor lad, um, you know, he's suffering enough as it is without you know, not being able to fly with them, adding to the hassle, but they've booked with somebody else. So that's good news, isn't it? So happy for them, but as they say, the airport says we're bound by health and safety rules. Obviously other people aren't, which is why they, they're flying with somebody else now. Shame, isn't it? Lost that business. You can just see it almost promotes a flurry of people going, let's see how much, how far we can push the airline. On the uh, express today, first the roads melt, now we're on flood alert. Can't win in this country, can we? I? I love it. I love living here. Every season in one day. You get everything. Today, we could have fire. In fact, yesterday they had fire because there um, was a fire in a store. They had flowers in front, and the sun scorched the leaves and set fire to them and started a fire. can't believe it, can you? So today they've said hailstones and flash flooding. So Mate, you look out there now. It looks fine here. It's not actually bucketing down where you are, is it? Not Not bucketing down. uh, Now, after Glastonbury, the clean-up begins, and they will have it all cleaned up. It's it's a a very slick operation. Uh, The other thing that's very slick is the way that we are being targeted to put petrol in the cars, and the price of it is just sheer rip-off. Sheer rip-off. The other day, I paid 142.9 pence, which is 143. The day before... It was 141 p They just put it up, I think, just to rip you off, because I don't remember the rate changing for the government. But now, the big three supermarkets, four supermarkets, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Asda and Morrisons, have cut up to 2p of petrol and diesel. Morrisons cut up to 2p from petrol, up to a penny from diesel. All four had already reduced prices by 3p on Friday. And, of course, Tesco take an extra 5p pence a litre off for those who spend 50 quid or more in store or on its website. See, I think that's really good value. I think that's really good. So in other words, the more you shop in a, in a store, uh, the more money you get off. So you spend over £50 pounds and you get five pence off a litre. Well, that's serious money. The trouble is, they don't do petrol for my car. Because they're they're doing their own petrol. I don't know where it comes from. i I quite like to know about uh, where petrol comes from. Because I automatically assume if you're buying it from a supermarket, it's not as good as if you're, say, buying BP or Shell or any one of the ones that I know. I don't know where Tesco petrol comes from. I don't know where Morrison's petrol comes from or Sainsbury's or Asda. Does it all come from the same place? Is it a different sort of petrol? Or is it the same one that's sold in the Shell filling stations? Because we don't know, do we? I'm assuming, because they can afford to sell it at that price, they've actually found it as a cheaper source. I, I, but to be honest with you, I'm, I'm none the wiser. Uh, Lyndon says, I don't mind flying, but I find the whole airport bit so stressful. I use the train. I've recently travelled to Barcelona from London, and later this year, I'm going to Budapest. Wonderful, relaxing, watching the world go by. And these days, not expensive if you book in advance. You see, I love train travel. I really love it. There was a programme on the television with Michael Portillo, who's not the best presenter, but it's it's interesting to watch, because I love train travel. You can sit there. And, and just watch the world go by and it's lovely. You can eat your food, read a book, close your eyes. It's wonderful. It really is. It's lovely. I've decided I, I could quite happily not be a train spotter, but I, I, I could certainly, I could be a train spotter actually if I think of it. I absolutely could. I could do that. I mean, I love pulling into Clapham Junction and, uh, and I, I don't like people sitting next to me. Because I always always get the people who've got big bottoms, and and they sort of shove me into the corner. So what I tend to do is when people sort of start coming in, I start developing sort of one of those coughs. (coughs) Like that. And so hopefully it puts them off. And then they always go, is it okay to sit here and go, "Mm (coughs) yeah, yeah, it's all right. And then hopefully they get up and walk somewhere else. Because I just need, need, you know, a bit of space. And, you know, the seats aren't big enough for two people with big bottoms, so... um, There's just me sitting on there. And luckily, most people tend to avoid me. (laughs) There'll be a reason for that, I should imagine. Uh, Other stories in the paper today. Oh, there's a woman here. I mean, it shows how ludicrous we are in this country. This is a thief labelled the worst female criminal ever seen. She's on her 229th offence. 229 offences. Judge Paul Glenn told Penelope Russell he'd never encountered a woman with so many convictions. Uh, In the latest theft, she targeted a 74-year-old nicked her purse and uh, that was just a week after making off with a woman's shopping bag from her trolley in nearby Sainsbury's. She's got 129 offences for theft, 52 for fraud. I mean, to be honest with you, we should lock her up. She's a professional criminal and uh, she targets female shoppers, so they've locked her up. Two years, six months. Sorry, two years. Six months for the Sainsbury's theft, 12 months for the Tesco theft, six months activated from a suspended sentence she breached by committing the theft. So, two years. Can we make sure it is two years? Two years would be very good. Uh, Also, the paper today, a lot of people talking about uh, Dawn French. You can hear her with Nick Ferrari this morning. And what is the secret to the perfect body? Supermodel Elle McPherson admits she follows a strict organic diet and meditates daily. Well, you see, she does that next door. She follows a strict diet and she meditates daily. Um, um, two hours, normally between five and seven in the morning. She, she sits there cross-legged. Sometimes she a bit of yogic flying, which is also quite fun to watch as she bounces across the studio. But generally it's um, um, like that, because it, it helps you get through the day. It helps you get through the day. So that's good. See, I, I don't believe it. I believe that supermodels and people like that are, in fact, supermodels because they don't need to do anything at all. I think they're just naturally slim. I mean, I mean they, they, they don't have a proper job. They, they don't have to think. That's why Naomi Campbell is such a mess, emotionally and, and mentally, because all she has to do is just put makeup on and, uh, and arrange somebody else's hair on her head, and she's off. And that's all, that, that's all they do. They don't have to think because they earn enough money, you know, 50 grand a day, you know, whatever it happens to be. And that's why Elle Macpherson, revealing the secret behind the perfect body, she's just lucky. She's just very lucky. LBC 97.3 Eve Allen Morning everybody, 25 minutes to 7 Gordon reckons that the petrol all comes from the same place If you go to the distribution depots You see all the various names on tankers All lined up to fill from the same pumps Oh right That's even more confusing then, isn't it? Because it means it's even more that we're being ripped off By the, uh, by the filling station Stephen Bridlington said it's been uh, uh, Raining down uh, all night here Look out my window, the sky is black as pitch Black as pitch. I don't expect. Really? What now? It's lovely down here. Lovely. Mind you, as I say, probably just around the corner. Uh, One here. This is uh, Tara. It says, if you think Kittle Airport is small, you should see the customs at... uh, Another place. (laughs) I can't pronounce it. Listening in Lapland. Oh, I love Lapland. Oh, love Lapland. My favourite place. Uh, Steve, it's my dear mum, Margaret Beek's 92nd birthday today. I'm so lucky to have her, says Christine in Bristol. I know, at 92, honestly. 92! Lord. Uh, not an airport, Steve, says Paul, but I used to work for Eurostar, St Pancras, and every fortnight we used to get a guy travelling to Paris with a couple of bags full of tins of baked beans. That was in the day before they started charging for excess baggage. Baked beans. I remember when... And it was only a short while ago, it might have been about a year ago, one of the um, shops, Di- uh, not Di- uh, Robert Dias, they had a thing on light bulbs. They were doing these energy light bulbs for, I think, 15 pence each. And I went into the, uh, the branch in Chiswick, and there were all these Polish builders filling up kit bags full of all these bulbs, because they were only 15 pence each. And now they're, I think, one ninety nine. I thought, that's obviously very far-sighted, because I also, if you remember, bought loads. I bought boxes of them, boxes, because they were 10p each in Sainsbury's home base, so I bought boxes. I'd have to get away from this compulsion. Something the matter is, it not normal, is it? Uh, Steve... I hate airports. I travel to Edinburgh a lot. I stop using the plane. I use the East Coast first class. If they run on time, it's just as quick and relaxing. And, uh, uh, I love people sitting next to me on the train, says Tom. He likes it when they sort of get close. See, I can't bear it. I don't want any, any touching on the train at all. Oh, dear me. Never. Uh, James on the Isle of Wight says, GMTV and Daybreak. Load of old tat, yeah, that's what everybody says. Uh, I work for Tesco, says Jimmy, and can confirm the petrol we sell is exactly the same as the stuff shol- sold at Shell. Interesting fact for you people out there. Our high-octane petrol, Momentum 99, is used by Jason Plato in the British Touring Cars and also Team Kawasaki in the British Superbikes. It's good stuff. I think I've used... Mem- I have to use a high-octane petrol, the most expensive one there is. So if I, if I sort of... Um, came in, and then I spent 50 quid in Tesco, which shouldn't be too difficult to do, should it? And and then I can get an extra 5p off. beginning to sound quite promising, because I I pulled in yesterday and just put £40 in, and that uh, filled it up. But, you you know, you only have to do a few little uh, journeys in my car. And um, 40 quid goes nowhere, I'm afraid. Paul uh, has been flying on and off since the days of B.E.A. and B.O.A.C., when the toilets were adorned in Elizabeth Arden products. The only difference between first and toilet class was a rock bun and a cuppa whilst they had cream cakes and waiter service. The stewardesses were tall, willowy and beautiful, polite, and the people that travel were in the main well, groomed and well-behaved. How things have changed. Yes, we're, we're in, in Twickenham we have a lot of uh, staff who work for BA. lot of staff. I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's a vacation. I personally couldn't live out of a suitcase. And also have to be nice to me. Hello? Is that tea or coffee? Hello? Tea? Coffee? Hello? Tea? Thank you. Coffee? Like to lift your hand up? and I'll put the tea in there. Oh, it drive me mad. I wouldn't have the patience. Should I put that in the overhead locker for you? Tea? Coffee? <laughs> You're just on one trip. Excuse me, excuse me, Stuart, uh, Could we have some nuts? If you play your cards right, yes. And uh, my little boy likes something to draw on. I'll go and get the captain's flight log for you then. You know, all these things. All of a sudden, you know, you have to sort of take on the patience of a saint. and put it, And also the mess that people leave behind. I mean, a lot of mess. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I think everybody should go on board planes, be given sleeping tablets, and then you just guide them to the seat, sit them down and go, all oh, right, within a minute. And the next thing, a whole plane full of people asleep. Must be absolute bliss for the crew. Train travel is brilliant, Steve. Loved going on Eurostar and also travelled down to the south of France through the night on a sleeper train years ago. Would love to go on the Orient Express, but I need to win the lottery first. It's another rollover, isn't it? £116 million. It is 116 million. I did say, and I'm going to I'm going to stick to it. I said if I win the lottery, if I win the 116 million, I'm going to give two and a half million to Wilton's musical. Hall. That's what I've said. Bit brave of me, I thought. Thank God I never won. Uh, there's a new bra, ladies, for you today, and this is the lightest ever bra. Okay, this one lay, weighs less than two ounces. Two ounces. It's 18 pounds. It's called the T-shirt bra. Uh, launched by Debenhams, it's got a moulded cup that is glued together rather than stitched. Almost half as light as most bras. It weighs a fifth of the typical gel push-up variety. Trials have found the lingerie gives a sensation of being naked under clothing, feeling like a second skin. I feel a bit naked under my clothing, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not even wearing a bra. I'm not I- Under my clothes, I am stark naked. I'm not even wearing a bra today. Sharon Webb says, the search for a bra that fits, flatters and is comfortable is as hard as finding the right man. Yeah, it £18. Pounds. I mean, it's quite cheap. You couldn't find the right man for £18. Pounds. I don't know. That's what i must well ask Tom, I suppose. It says, uh, we're confident once women try this, they'll never wear another T-shirt bra again. So I'm assuming, because I'm a bit naive in this department, are there special bras that you wear for, 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 um, for T-shirts? There are T-shirt bras. What are T-shirt bras? I've never even heard of T-shirt bra. Is it... There's, no, OK. There's no reason why I should have heard of a of a T-shirt uh, bra. No. Uh, strange that. Uh, poor Lowell's Bell says, Why is Naomi Campbell a mess? She's not. She's a complete mess. She's been in court. She's completely screwed up. She's nasty. She's vindictive. She's bitter. She's twisted. She's everything. Got nothing to do with the fact she's black. She's just a mess. Full stop. Pathetic people like you, I'm afraid, make big deals about everything. Steve, another blazing hot day ahead. Couldn't believe yesterday. Walked into Marks and Spencer's and the fridges were empty. Went back at lunchtime. Turns out they had a major fault with the fridges and had to throw all the food away due to the hot weather. Mind you, that's have you noticed? Fridges don't work in hot weather. In the winter, they're fine. But in the summer, when you really need an ice-cold fridge, you really have to... Uh, because everything goes to pieces, doesn't it, in this country? At the moment we have a bit of rain or a bit of hot weather, it's dreadful. There's an armed robber here. He's a man, They're ninety-nine 99.9% certain, he robs travel agents in a burqa. He wears the full burqa. And they've said to him, they, they know it's a bloke because of the build, the voice, the mannerisms. And uh, he, he sort of, um, app- apparently, he he turns up, he's been caught twice on CCTV. He threatens people with a knife, but he wears a burqa. Perhaps he's a cross-dresser. Perhaps, I mean, you know, there might be some men out there who perhaps want to put a burqa on and go out there wearing it. I mean, you'd think you'd notice somebody wearing a burqa, robbing a shop with an umbrella, wouldn't you? I would kind of twig to it. We had somebody who skipped the country. Oh, dear. Oh, sorry. There's a picture of a car in a paper today. It's uh, it's a Rolls-Royce. It's a Phantom. And it's lovely, except it's been customised. Ugh. Terrible. Uh, The bloke has uh, spent £200,000 turning his Rolls-Royce Phantom Coupe into a multicoloured dream car. A team led by a designer used real gold, nothing big deal about that, 24 cow hides and 18 layers of yellow, white and purple paint to realise the vision of Robert Allen 62. He was delighted when the car, cost a further £200,000, arrived in Marbella. Oh, it's awfully tacky. It's really... No relation to me, I hasten to add. Not even spelt the same way, but they say here they use real gold, supposed to what imitation spray paint or something. Twenty-four cow hides. Well, that's what goes into the cars anyway. It looks vile. Tommy Wareham of London's Super Super Vettura, who saw the work, says, "I believe it's the most highly modified Phantom in the world. It looks disgusting. It looks dis, and that's the most modified. I shouldn't think so. I shouldn't think so. I bet they've been farmed. but also this is done. It looks horrible." It really does look horrible. Purple, yellow, and white. With gold. Oh, dear. Very cheap and tacky. Very cheap and tacky. I like things like that, though. I like cheap and tacky. I do cheap and tacky. I do it quite well, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. We're talking about, um, we're talking about uh, airports and how stressed you get at airports. So we'd love to hear from you if you get stressed at the airport. 84850, stevenwc.co.uk. They're also looking at Jules Holland and how, how well he's done and how well connected he is. And I've said before, he has the best little black book in the entire world. And so what they've, uh, they've done is, because he used to be an angry young star, they've actually checked a few others. John Lydon, also known as Johnny Rotten, who sold out ages ago by doing the butter adverts and having to do a reality show. So uh, really a bit of a drip. Toya, still lovely. And uh, she takes part in uh, the odd bit of reality television. Uh, then they've got Captain Sensible. Remember Captain Sensible? Well, apparently he's, um, he's uh, part of the, the Blah Party. I've never heard of the Blah Party, but anyway. Uh, Billy Idol. Remember Billy Idol? He's still going strong in America. And he's working on a new album. And Susie Sue of, uh, of Susie and the Banshees. She married drummer Budgie. They escaped to live in a farmhouse near Toulouse. Uh, she remains there, but she is now divorced. Funny, isn't it? All those people. And whatever happened to Steve Cook and uh, the other ones from the Sex Pistols? I've got no idea. I wonder where they are now. Be roofers or something. It'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? Uh, Oh, and Michael Jackson's Thriller jacket. Remember that iconic jacket in the red and the black? How much? million quid it went for. A million pounds. A man has bought it, and he's going to put it on display in America. In America. It's fantastic. Love it. Quarter to seven. (laughs) News headlines, Sam Pittis. There's more problems on the trains this morning after thousands of Londoners. Hear, hear to that. Don't. Podcasts. Too cheap, you know. Far too cheap. Keep saying to them, make it more expensive. Uh, the Arts Centre in uh, Dunmo are putting on Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors. One of my favourite little musicals. And they start on the 1st of July. They're running all through uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... And they've got two shows on the uh, Sunday. So they're only running for... F- Good look, why do these places run for a week? Should be a whole week, isn't it? Only starts on Friday the 1st of July. So they do the 1st, 2nd and the 3rd, two shows on the 3rd. That's the Arts Centre in Dunmo, Little Shop of Horrors. They need a bit of a boost, apparently. So if you're out there... Is, little, is, is Dunmo near? Is that Great Dunmo and all those other places? Sounds quite nice, doesn't it? Uh, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. It's all a matter of perception, says Patsy, about the airports. Get there early, No stress. I worked at Heathrow back when God was a boy. I love them. When you're there, you're going somewhere. It's true, isn't it? It is true. I mean, I, mean, I, I should imagine it must be quite nice to watch people passing through. Some people do it very well. I just get stressed. My idea... Yeah, yeah see, she couldn't watch people going on holiday. That would drive her mad. She'd be very... She'd be going, where are you going? The Caribbean. Can I just mark your ticket? Oh, it's full. The flight's full. You can't go. She'd like doing that. Yes. No, your luggage is too heavy. I'd have a field day. I would absolutely have a field day. But I definitely couldn't push a trolley up and down an aisle. Like a drink from the trolley? God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just be very short, short-tempered, short I'm afraid. Uh, strangely enough, my friend is an air steward, Steve, and on flights uh, out, some girls were being obnoxious and hassling the crew. When they got up to go to the loo, he ripped the last page of her book out. That annoyed her when she was on the beach. Exactly. Or will find out, you say, oh, you're reading that one? That's what happens on so-and-so. <laughs> Kay says, get to Hamley's today, Steve. Christmas is coming early. You'll love it. I love Christmas. Listen, nobody can, can take away the joy of Christmas for me. I'm so looking forward to decorating the office, office this year. We haven't had it decorated for some years, and I'm going to decorate it this year, and the studio. I've decided. Uh, Tony the Tanker Driver. Sounds like a children's programme, doesn't it? Here he is, boys and girls. It's Tony the Tanker Driver. Where petrol comes from. BP Shell and Texaco... Comes from the refinery in Essex. Tesco, Sainsbury's and Total come from the storage depot in Thurrock. Esso, Asda and Morrison's come from another storage depot in Purfleet. Fuel comes in by ship to the storage depots. Somebody said to me that depending on where they get the fuel from in the tank determines the grade of it. Because, you know, they always say you must never, ever let your petrol run out in the car because the silt in the bottom. So, in other words, they say that the best quality petrol will be sitting at the top. The middle of the tank will be the middle-grade petrol and then the the dirty, sludgy stuff sinks to the bottom. That's what they say. So, in other words, Shell would have the top and then it would work down like that. Because I can't believe it's exactly the same petrol. Is it exactly... It can't be exactly the same petrol. I wish somebody would do an investigation on it. So that you're paying 143 pence in in a Shell garage and the same petrol I could get for 133? Is that what they're saying? Do let me know. Tom says... Uh, why don't you buy a gee whiz electric car and forget about fuel price? I can't bear electric cars. I really can't. It's like driving a noddy car, as far as I'm concerned. It's it's just not my, not my sort of thing at all. And, uh, Steve, a T-shirt bra is a bra with smooth cups, no lines, made for wearing under T-shirts with minimal visibility. Ah. must check with my Auntie Enid if she's got any T-shirt bras. I find it difficult to believe, actually, seeing as they're just about being pushed around in wheelbarrows at the moment. Uh, Steve, I tried concentration. Sorry, I tried meditation, but I couldn't concentrate. Thank you. Uh, Christine in Bristol says the T-shirt bras are plain and don't show any lines. Oh, definitely my is not wearing those ones. Hers you can see quite clearly. Quite clearly. Uh, Lynn says we travelled up to Leicester yesterday. They had messages on the overhead gantries saying check your fuel, fuel levels at the prices the service stations charge. Not having a full tank would be madness. It is terribly expensive, isn't it, to fill up? Terribly, terribly expensive. I went to Gatwick, says Wendy, on my own to Edinburgh, met by a friend at Edinburgh Airport. It was so stressful finding where to go, rushing to the departure gate as they announced you had to be there at a certain time, uh, then found, waited half an hour before getting on the plane. What was all the rush about? I know you have to be there so early, but it's, it's getting to the gate. bag, And then, of course, you feel guilty, don't you? Because they always ask you, when when you check in, did you pack your bag yourself? Yes, I did, yes. And uh, has anybody asked you to carry anything? No, they haven't. Nobody's asked me to carry anything at all. And and even before I've got on the plane, I'm stressed out, thinking I'm obviously going to be strip-searched. So I generally hang around and try and look guilty. Yes, exactly, I wish. I hang around trying to look guilty, thinking, any minute now, because I've seen the programmes about customs, I never get stopped. Mainly because I'm so honest, it's embarrassing. It is absurd. I've never smuggled... I did smuggle something into Austria once... I, I brought in some extra cigarettes. It was a long, long time ago, as you can imagine, and um, and they opened up the case. Excuse me, sir. Uh, opened up the case, and I, I said I bought these in England. I only brought two hundred extra in. No, they were confiscated. I was fined, but he never found the sausages I brought in because all the girls over there used to say, "Steve, can you bring us some wall sausages?" Because you can't get wall sausages in Vienna, and they were sick to death of eating the sausages over there. So I used to take them in, and uh, and they never stopped me with those. Strangely enough, Diana says, I've travelled by train many times to the south of France, £106 return, Croatia, Slovenia, the 3pm from Victoria, and to Greece. Love it. We were taught the Volga boat song on one trip in Russian by a Russian lady in our compartment en route to uh, Reka. Sounds lovely. £106 return to the south of France on a train. <gasps> it's not bad, is it? I wonder how much first class is. Uh, Veronica says, a T-shirt bra should be one without ridges, seams or stitching so that it appears smooth under T-shirts. It's an education, this programme, this morning. You've now discovered about T-shirt. I didn't even know they existed before. I just thought you wore the normal bras. I had no idea. Exactly. Why should I know about this kind of thing? You ask yourself the question. Don't worry yourself, Steve. You're never going to have to wear a T-shirt bra. Although, on second thoughts, having heard there are only two ounces, I might want to buy one today. I'll probably push the wrong button and discover that I'll buy ten of them or thirty of them or something. Uh, Steve, uh, sad to hear about the lad denied travel with his wheelchair. But think you're right about the Jobsworth who probably stopped him going. Many years ago, my brother went as a volunteer to Lourdes with the Handicapped Children's Trust charity. We've got photos of the kids who have all these singing and dancing chairs and yet they had no problems being allowed on board. If a seat had to be taken out, it was a two-minute job for one of the airline mechanics and they were just normal run-of-the-mill flights, not chartered. Sadly, Stelios no longer has anything to do with the day-to-day running of EasyJet and hasn't for several years. If he had, you bet he'd have sorted it out in a moment. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I know they see it as an inconvenience. Oh, somebody in a wheelchair. Uh, no, we can't. It's health and safety, you know. So that's why it, uh, it never works, I'm afraid. 8 for 850, oh, steve at uk. And, um, true burglary story. My brother lives in a small village. Everybody knows everybody. A man decided he'd do the post office, put on a mask and walked in. As soon as he went in, somebody said, morning. Because they recognised him with a mask on. And that's the trouble of these little villages. It never works the same, does it? It never works the same. In my day, says Pat, as a, as a, as a trolley dolly, we had to look great. Obviously, they're not so fussy now. They, it, they, I remember seeing the girls from British Caledonian. And uh, I used to love all their sort of tartan and everything else. And then I, I went on a Virgin flight last time. Well, I was looking for the girls who featured in the advert. They weren't there. They weren't there. They, yeah, I mean, I was, the, the, the girls on the, in the advert walking through the airport, those virgin girls all in red, well, the ones we got on the flight, I mean, they must have been the ones who didn't make it for the advert. I was very disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed now because it's still not raining. We've sat here for two hours telling you that we're going to have flash floods and everything else and hailstorms and this, and all singing, all dancing weather, and so far nothing's materialised. For that, we should be grateful. Should we do it tomorrow morning? I hope you podcast. Go to the LBC website, check out the great pictures of Wilton's Musical and uh, all the other stuff that's on there. It's lbc.co.uk. And we'll do this again tomorrow. Alan Dodgen's going to be in on uh, Thursday. I know, a rare treat for everybody. And Jonathan Levi tomorrow. Nick and the team with you after seven. But before all of that, it's the business update with Sam Pettis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up twenty-four. 24-